0: Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Mean Girls Suck podcast. We are former mean girls who no longer suck. My name is Laken.
1: Oh, my name is Ricky and then we have our friend Morgan on. Do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Morgan. I am 29. I have two amazing dogs and a great long-term boyfriend and that's kind of my life.
0: I love that. That's very simple. Very good. She's been yeah. domesticated for yeah. the past yeah. couple <laughs> years in like a good way.
2: Oh, yeah. I've calmed down. I'm like a different person.
0: So, I did want to touch on, like, I kind of want to jump right into this. The first thing, because we don't really know each other that well. Yeah. Like, I briefly know you, but, like, the first thing I noticed is your style, like, your eccentric, like, sense of, like, fashion and everything. Have you you always dressed this, like, stylish and, like, made it look good? Was there a trial and error
2: period? There was. So,. I like. I feel like when I was a teenager, I like fell very much into like the compartment of being like the frumpy fat girl. Mm-hmm. And when cold I cold
1: shoulder tops,
2: yeah, like Lane, tops. Lane Bryant like hide everything about your body, like and just Lame like Lane
1: Bryant no show wire free bra, <laughs>
2: back smoothing bra. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Deep You're butt. just trying to really...
1: petite. The it? word. Pe- they, why would they always use the word petite? <laughs> Petite means short and, and fat. Yeah. So like when I was growing up, I was too fat to fit in like kids clothes. So I would buy women's petite pants <laughs> when I was like 10. Like business professional when you're 10. Oh, yeah. Was- oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Just throwing blazers Dude, on before My mom would have grade. to pay somebody to
1: fucking hem my pants. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my legs are pretty short. So like I was always like kind of average height if you like measure my legs they're insanely short don't look at me like that i can feel you looking at me and i have short arms too i <laughs> was just looking at you, yeah. looking
0: at your i've legs. never I'm- like noticed your limbs and been like they're too short yeah i've never now really you, sized will, you up because like after
1: that. i tell people that they're like oh my god <gasps> i no, think you're pretty I proportionate you i really it's an illusion
2: <laughs> um so yeah was like frumpy fat girl i remember when i was in like Early elementary, like second or third grade, my mom would shop for me, mm. and my mom was forty when she had me, so my mom is two generations older than me. Okay, I remember going to school and like a fucking Scott. Am I allowed to cuss on this?
1: Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, and like oh, yeah, we little... talked about freebasing a couple episodes ago. Yeah, <laughs>
2: um, and like this little Scottish looking kilt thing, basically, and cute. like cute. So <laughs> not always been into fashion. When I was in college, I started out. Like wanting to be a teacher, mm-hmm. and I wanted oh, to be you'd like be a such style a good teacher. Yeah. I see. I oh was watching. Like, you super look cool, like a. You, like you look music like or a art good, teacher.
1: Like you look like a kindergarten teacher in the best way.
2: So yeah. my coworkers like you literally my said teacher, that in New you York. Would
1: be my hero. Like I would right. write those
0: fucking essays on who's your biggest inspiration. Well, yeah, like you would definitely hand me my diploma. It would be more. I've always been told that I have like a
2: maternal like energy about me. Yeah. Um. But I so I went to school to be a teacher. And then I went into fashion and it was my passion project because I was like, I want all big women to feel like they can be fashionable. So like, cause I felt like when I was going out of education, I didn't have like an outlet where I could help people. So that's what initially brought me into fashion. And then I kind of just like found that there were really no limits to how I can dress as a big person and I really like things that are loud and bright because. What overalls are
1: they? They're from Cider. What's Cider? I want to. It's, like it's
2: like a it's fa- like a fast fashion brand, but nice. Um. Yeah. So, and it's so funny that you said I look like a teacher because my coworkers when I was in New York last week literally were like, "You look with the glasses, the earrings, the outfit. You look like a preschool teacher, but like in
0: a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the best. That's way, kind for of sure. like
2: my that's kind of my vibe. I don't really have a set style. Like, you have a very, like, alternative streetwear vibe,
0: I think. Really? Oh, yeah. Lesbian. That's and, the style. <laughs> and I don't... I got called out. <laughs>
2: no, it's not a bad thing. It I fits wear, I wear, you. like,
0: other stuff, too. It's
1: just, um, in my late 20s, I've kind of... In my early 20s, I looked like I was on the set of American Horror Story Coven. <laughs> I think you remember, Lakin. Brim hat I used era. to wear... When I had green hair, it was very hard for me to... But, like, it was kind of like a choice, too. I was kind of like goth, honestly. Mm -hmm. I went through a really heavy goth phase in my early 20s. Not, like, spooky or anything. More like emo. Mm -hmm. But I exclusively wore black. I just started adding color to my wardrobe only, like, two or three years ago. Because I had dark green hair and everything clashed with it. Yeah. Like, literally, no matter what I wore, nothing looked good with my hair. So, I wore black dresses... And brimmed, I still wear brimmed hats. Mm -hmm. I don't give a, I'm a hairstylist. I'm going to wear brimmed hats the rest of my life. You have a very, like, you have great style, though. Yeah, and I used to dress super goth. And then, like, mm -hmm. just in the past couple years, I've just been, I kind of dress, like, I I would say, like, the best way, like, because I do still dress up and everything, but I have been prioritizing my comfortability physically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wear a lot of overalls. And I wear a lot of Vans. Mm -hmm. Like Vans brand clothing. I kind of look like a Vans back to school ad. Like most days. I
2: feel like that goes with your vibe because yeah. you have mainstream. You're a photographer. Yeah. Like it goes with I'm the cool. tattoo. You mm-hmm. are. I'm fucking cool. You're one of the coolest looking people I've ever mm-hmm. seen in my oh life. Oh my
1: God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to clip that. <laughs> nice. You are. Like when I, for- you and
2: Carolee both and like even you, you guys, oh. I think it's like, I'm really drawn to tattoos on people. And like, I automatically assume when people have like a lot of tattoos that they're just really cool. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's why always a story behind them. They're Not so me. like artistic and cool,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but you Not just me. look like a cool person.
1: I have tattoos, so I look cool. None so of my tattoos mean anything to you me. You
2: want to know something funny? Travis literally said to me, <clears throat> I th- it was like a couple weeks ago, he was like, Ricky is one of the coolest looking people I've ever met and like one nice. of the coolest people I've ever met. Nice. He thinks you're so cool.
1: Nice, I have fans. Uh, usually, people who are younger than me think I'm like hot shit. Like it's it's nice because I know that Travis. Well, Travis is my age, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But usually, people who are younger than me think I'm like a rock star, and I love the ego boost. Like my nieces and nephews, they fucking they think I'm the coolest aunt. You're
2: ever. like a music photographer. You're,
1: yeah, you like very, are like, very cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: nice. Very rock. I feel like too with tattoos there's a level that you reach after you get so many you're like that person doesn't give a fuck they like what they like and i think that also kind of corresponds with like um wearing more color that like confidence of being like i don't give a fuck what you think like this is what i like on my body because i also used to dress in like all black and i feel Mm -hmm. like as i'm getting more comfortable just like in my own sense of style i'm like oh i'll add in a little pink Add in a little blue you know what i mean like, yeah i still yeah. mostly wear all black mm-hmm. i think
1: it was just like a style and aesthetic that i had for like a long time but it was also because of my hair mm-hmm. and i went blonde about three years ago and that's when i started like adding color but i'm i feel like now i i don't i, I wear a lot of different stuff i usually during i love t-shirt dresses i wear a lot of those during mm-hmm. the summer and like or i'll wear like a 4x carhartt shirt sure cute <laughs> like with no pants like mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like I can go out in a muumuu this is crazy mm-hmm. so
2: like me wearing bright colors it's actually like very like deeply rooted in the fact that I always like try to hide myself when I was younger mm-hmm. because like I'm plus size mm-hmm. and now I'm like if I'm gonna turn heads mm-hmm. like I'm gonna completely I tr- like I'm gonna yeah. break necks so yeah, like yeah, yeah I'm always you get a lot like, of
1: compliments It's so overwhelming to me. You get a ton. Like every time I know, I feel like we haven't done a lot in public together, but, um, because we usually just hang out at the salon or hang out here. But every time you're in the salon, everybody's like your biggest fan.
2: It's crazy. And like, I've had people around me notice that like Travis, the first time we went on a date, people would come up to
1: me and be like, I like your outfit. I like this. And like, I think your confidence just exudes you and people can feel it. Cause I always heard that like, it doesn't really matter what you look like as long as you're confident in it.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like
1: that you're a pretty confident person most of the time. You do get in your own head, but you're a pretty confident person, mm-hmm. and um, I I feel like people can feel
0: that.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I will never understand it. People always like every time I leave the house, somebody will like compliment me, and like I don't mean that to sound like I don't want to like everybody compliments know. me right, but it literally happens all the yeah. time, and I'm yeah. just like. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is so nice. And I've kind of gotten like numb to it now. Mm-hmm. Like when people compliment my glasses or like my outfits, I'm like, this is just who I am. Right. You
0: know what's funny? I have great style. Like <laughs> I say. I always
1: get tattoo or compliments on my tattoos when I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. But you know who, when I don't get like compliments on my tattoos? Mm-hmm. When I'm with Carolee really because they notice hers oh and okay. they feel like we, colorful because and... they're colorful mm-hmm. and i'm like i have just as many tattoos bitch and they're done by half of the same people mm-hmm. i don't know why you thought that was a good idea dj if you're watching the video dj just ate shit and it's embarrassing for him he wants to join the club i didn't want to drink that anyway it's fine but Daddy.
0: he but wants to be part of the he's like pod. you're talking shit
1: about caroling i'm gonna ruin the podcast. <laughs> But everybody compliments her tattoos over mine, and I'll just be like, I have tattoos, too. But when I'm by
0: myself... I'm like kicking I... rocks in the corner like, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: also I'm have like, tattoos. I'm really cool, too. But when I'm by myself or when I'm with, like, a friend that doesn't have as many tattoos, um, or even when I'm with you, I feel like people compliment both of us.
0: No, when we're together, they compliment you a lot more, but mostly because I... My, if you can see my tattoos, it's always my arm, but I've been wearing, like, a lot of long sleeves and hoodies, so... Yeah,
1: I guess you also don't... You don't have, like, many tattoos on your legs?
0: No, I mean, I wouldn't. you got, like,
1: three or four, don't you?
0: Well, I don't know. I, I have, like, technically, like, if we're counting numbers, like, eight tattoos, but they're, like, sporadically across my body, yeah. and they're not mm-hmm. visible, so. Team tatted. You know, like, I... I have, like, my whole butt cheek tattooed, but, like, I'm not, like. Really? You, you, yeah. I would love to it's see badass. that <laughs> I'll show it to you. It's not done yet, <laughs> and I'll explain, it's like, really cool. the story why, but when it I... is going to be done, it's going to be fire.
1: But I got my butt tattooed because Lakin got her butt tattooed.
0: <laughs> Influencer. I wish that I like,
2: I love tattoos, but I just don't think that, like, I couldn't pull that off. I couldn't pull off all the tattoos that like you and Carolee have. I just don't think it's my aesthetic. Like I have two, like the most basic bitch tattoos. You have a mm-hmm. semicolon tattoo? I have tattoo? a semicolon and That's a cross. so sick.
1: I almost want to get a tattoo like that for the bit. Really? Yeah, like a semicolon or a cross on my wrist just so I can, like, have one and be the, like, look at this. The That's
0: really like the half bold, like, cross on the ribs is always my favorite, like, basic. Dude. No. Well, mine have meaning behind them. So, like, See? I'm yeah. like, it's not Boo. just
1: like, what? Boo. We don't get tattoos of meaning here. Sorry. So oh, I
0: got, <laughs> I have tattoos of meaning. Just not I don't, all of them. No, you don't. Shh. Boo.
2: <laughs> so, when I saw lee the first time in person, I was like, She's so fucking pretty, dude. She's like one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. It's fucking annoying, honestly. It is and she's is anybody so, have you ever met anybody
1: that's so pretty? They're just like, what the fuck? It's it, so irritating. But it's, she's <laughs>
2: also like so unique looking in the best way. Like she's yeah. got the bright red hair. She's got the glasses, the mm-hmm. earrings, the like vibrant style. And like I'm just drawn to people like that. So like that's but also you you are so Kara Lee is the color version and you're the black and white version. Mm-hmm. The
1: monochrome version we yeah. always said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys
2: just have two very like different aesthetics. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm glad. I actually went through like a phase where I wanted red hair and I felt weird doing it because I felt there's too many like a lot of my really close friends have red hair. Yeah. And it felt like too much. Like I was like,
0: oh, yeah, red hair was this. always, like, my jam, and then I just got lazy. It's much easier to just have blonde. Do you have do- naturally red hair? I had, like, naturally strawberry blonde hair, but, like, I'm... Lincoln's
1: a like, elusive ginger.
0: My favorite, like, hair on myself ever has been, like, a bright green and yellow, and then, like, a fire engine red. Those have always Ooh. been, like, my favorite, too. We're gonna but, do like, pink soon on her. Yeah. Really? Like, bubblegum yeah. pink. So, yeah. I
1: wanted to do,
2: like, a burgundy-ish red with, like... A blonde money piece, but I felt like red is too much like Carolee because I feel like Carolee and I have like the same. Why are we? Why am I talking about her so much? I just love her. I, I wish think she was we here. just
1: talk to her. We love Carolee We um, just talk to her on the phone.
2: I feel like if I had red hair, we would have the too much of the same aesthetic. I am yeah, like that, that's the, how I felt.
1: That's why, and I'm around her every day almost. Yeah, I'm and like I the, couldn't have like I really wanted ginger hair for a second, and I did it, and I was like, I fucking hate this because <laughs> we look like the same person. You
2: guys do look alike.
1: Yeah. I feel irritating. Carolee (laughs) and I have
2: the same aesthetic. I feel like I'm the she's the dirty Shirley and I am the Shirley Temple.
1: (laughs) There was a chick in high school. Her name was Maddie. I don't think you ever met her. She was 16 and this was during like soft Tumblr girl era, Mm -hmm. soft grunge. Mm -hmm. Her mom let her get a cross tattoo on the back of her neck and it was the most badass thing I've ever seen in my life. So cool. I was so jealous. Because that's when crosses were the shit. Mm-hmm. But I remember these girls in high school were talking shit about her because they're like, she's not even a Christian. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she just got it for, like, the aesthetic because she What's was a hardcore like? Tumblr girl. <laughs> that,
0: like, TikTok sound. She's not even a Christian. She's not a <laughs> Christian. I remember. Yeah, I remember this one.
1: Because everybody I went to high school with was the fucking same person. Mm-hmm. And they were all the exact same. I, I mixed them up all the time. Mm-hmm. But I remember one of them was like, yeah, she got the cross tattoo She's not even a Christian.
0: That That's was like, annoying.
1: Wow. So mm-hmm. tell me when you got about how you got kicked out of choir. That was like, oh, 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 shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I would love to hear i so,
2: used to be a bitch. I was not a nice person. And I think that just to preface this whole thing, I think that being like the fat girl growing up, I always had it in my head make fun of people or call out other people's flaws before they do the same to you I always felt
0: and, the same yeah like you can't hurt me if I hurt you first exactly and that's <laughs> the way that I went about
2: it I was like they're not gonna make fun of me for being fat if I make fun of them first and kind of like you know mm-hmm. assert my dominance did you ever call anybody
1: anorexic as an insult oh no never um I did in seventh grade when, like, people would call me fat and be like, at least I'm not anorexic. And, like, people, fat girls, like, I wasn't the only fat girl. Mm-hmm. Thank God. There were, like, this sounds so mean, but I'm just glad I wasn't the only fat girl in my grade. I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. But, like, the girls would make fun of me for being fat. But be like, at least I don't look anorexic. And like I mean, stuff like that. Fair, I definitely use eating disorders as an insult. Fair is fair. But I was thirteen, so I don't know, cancel I think, me. I don't give a fuck. I think it's like, like
2: fair fair play when you're thirteen. Right. Yeah. If we're
1: commenting on bodies, like yeah. also the all first bodies time, are included. It was the first time I was bullied too, really. Mm-hmm. Because I I went I grew up in a different school district and I moved to the one that I graduated from in seventh grade. I never got bullied until I moved to that one. Oh, that's, see, that's Everybody I went to school with at, like, because I went to New Albany and everybody I went to school there was really nice. Like, Mm. I had, like, I never got made fun of or bullied. It's Mm. weird. I don't know why. And then, like, like, I'm sure, like, I had disputes with people. Like, I had fights with friends and stuff. But, like, people, I remember I was emo. Mm -hmm. And people were, like, doing, like self-harming gestures at me in the hallway. I don't want to say it, but use your imagination. That's terrible. Yeah, because I was emo people and people used to and do that, that was a really lot. jarring. So I had to like come up with insults like off the off the brand. I mm-hmm. feel
2: like um with New Albany, you said you went to yeah. New Albany. I feel like rich kids have less problems. Like yeah. I went so like the rich kids in my school Plus they amazed. never Yeah. Like but like when everybody's poor and mad, like they're just going to start yeah. hurling insults at What was at your everybody. high school like?
1: Because you grew up in a small town.
2: Yeah. Very stereotypical small town. Like, there was no, um, like, diversity at all. Everybody was white from the country. Um, My grade was different because, like, my specific class of people, everybody was cool with everybody. Like, nobody really had any beef. Um, And, like, it was, like, We had a good... I had a good upbringing. There were just, like, some strange political things that happened. Like, we had something called, like, Senior Slave Day. And... What? Yeah. And... What year did you graduate? 2012. So, we had... Yeah. So,
1: and... It was recent.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but Mm -hmm. I also think that that, like, kind of speaks to the fact that people in a small town have very narrow views on things because, like, we didn't understand, well... I do now obviously that that was offensive like people would literally bid on the seniors to have them for a whole day and they could make them do whatever they wanted it was for like charity not for charity it was like for the like the school but it was, like, a thing that we did, like, every year. That's
0: fucking weird. Dude, it's that's fucking crazy. D- my, but when you're from a small town... We didn't we didn't bat an eye at it. We are like, like, Senior you, Slave Day.
2: It's the best day of the year. Right, like,
0: like, you know slavery's bad, but yeah. it's being used in a different context. So you're, like, exactly. we're not doing the bad thing. It was
2: almost, like, used in a satirical context. Yeah. So, like, we were just, like, that's all right. But then mm-hmm. I moved to Columbus, and I was, like, holy shit, my hometown... Mm-hmm has a lot of problems and then it started to make sense like why my parents are the way that they are why like people I grew up with are like racist and prejudiced and like why everybody is like very republican because they had no like exposure Mm -hmm. to any sort of diversity any sort of like oppression or or anything so Mm -hmm. like they don't know what's wrong and right. right and yeah, I don't think that that's an excuse for people being, like, narrow-minded, but it definitely opened your eyes when you move to a big city.
0: Yeah, and, like, sh- yeah, it's not an excuse, um, but I think people get excuse and reason confused. Absolutely. Like, it is a reason yeah, that they're that way, For sure, you know?
2: Yeah, and, like, even now, like, when I go back home and I see people that I grew up with and, like, talk to my parents, I'm like, it's okay. I've lived in Columbus for a while. I've experienced diversity. I've experienced, like different paths of life that people have had to like go on mm-hmm. that are very very different than mine and it's giving me more worldly experience to understand why things are the way that they are and like why shit that happens in a small town is like kind of offensive and weird yeah. you know yeah so mm-hmm. um but back to me getting kicked out of choir oh, um yeah. <laughs> I, I so i was you know trying to it was my way of defending myself of like making fun of people before they had the opportunity to do that to me um and I was in choir like I've always had a musical background I've, I've played piano my whole life I've sang and I loved choir and I was a sophomore and I made friends with like the upperclassmen and I thought it was like hot shit I was mm. like oh like I'm in with the cool kids
1: older people want to hang out with me mm. that's not weird or yeah. anything. <laughs> right
2: mm. so we would like make fun of people in choir just like kind of like offhanded like make like comments about like oh like this person looks like this and like um then I took it one step further and I made a list (gasps) yeah I made a a list of all the names (laughs) okay when a
1: list comes out that's a whole different like it's like like bullying is bullying but when you put it in fucking writing yeah (laughs) that's where I fucked up so I sent this list
2: it was like a list of like 10 people 10 or 15 people inquire that we had nicknames for, um, and oh, no. nicknames, like mean nicknames. Yeah, it was not good. <sighs> and I sent, I know. And so I sent it to these, this group of like five seniors that I was friends with. And one of them.
1: Wait, what was it? Did you like type it out in notes or something?
2: I sent it on Facebook.
1: Like in and a f- message? Yeah.
2: I
0: oh, okay. But you format. didn't like post it to somebody's wall. No, no, no. no. I
2: sent it. And then. Maybe like an hour later, this girl that was on the list posted on my Facebook wall, and she was like,
0: "I saw re- your wall." Yeah,
2: she was like, "I really hope that, like, I've heard that this is from you. I really hope that it's not true. This is very hurtful." On your wall? Yeah, that is. This so was funny. in like 2009, and then posted the phone. On your fucking that face, is so yeah. confrontational, and the
1: <laughs> that is the ultimate form of confrontation. Yeah. I know it's not only directly really messaging shy, you, too. but doing it publicly right. isn't posting on walls so insane, like a concept because nobody ever does anymore. Right. I think yeah. you still can if you want to. It's, it's just weird. But mm-hmm. like directly confronting somebody on a public platform and letting everybody see it and then giving them access to like and comment on it. <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious to me. And I want that to be normalized. That yeah. girl was <laughs> savage. And she was so shy. And this
2: was so this was in like 2009. This was when like cell phones were like a thing. But we still had like a home phone and a phone book. And the phone calls started pouring in. When people found out, people
1: were calling your home. People phone were now. calling my
2: parents and wanting to talk to them. They were like, "Do you know what your daughter did?" And I remember the first phone call were came you a in. Sophomore or freshman? Ah, I, uh, I think I may have been. No, I was a sophomore. So this was like 2010, 2009, 2010. But my mom got off the phone with somebody's grandma and was like, basically somebody's she, grandma. Yeah, had a they problem called with this. and they were like um your daughter did this this is awful because like the nicknames I didn't cuss or anything like I remember like one kid
1: who I ended up like hooking up with a few years ago you fucked him what was his name I'm not gonna say no we get the nickname huh the nickname
2: um, it was something, I can't remember the nickname, but it was definitely something along the lines of the fact that he had like BO and he was like stinky. You fucked the stinky kid. He didn't, he wasn't stinky when I fucked Steven him. Steven the stinky? <laughs> Steven the stinky. And then like, there was this girl yeah, who was- Yeah, give me more. I
1: want to know the list. There was this girl that who way was like- There's you didn't like, have it memorized. You got I in so much trouble for this. Dude,
2: I got in so much trouble. Um, I almost got suspended. If- here's the thing if it would have been two years later when i was a senior it would have been cyberbullying this was before cyberbullying was a thing you know, that's exactly yeah. what you it can, was like, happening
0: get criminal charges for this yeah. now bringing um, back full circle to influencer you started cyberbullying you were paving the way you were paving I'm the away You laser in- a you were, a you a were a a born laser. a goddamn influencer
2: so like one of them was like the prostitute and like this one <gasps> girl had like A really manly singing voice and I was like
1: making fun of her for it. Don't talk about me like
2: that. Um, Dude but this girl we had beef because I sold more Girl Scout cookies than her like five years in a row and her mom was driving past our house like harassing me and my mom because she was like you cheating motherfucker (gasps) and was like trying to get me kicked out of Girl Scouts because my parents had more connections and sold more Girl Scout cookies than she did. The drama. I know. So That's incredible. It was just it was awful and like I did it in a way, and there's no excuse for it. I did it in a way, like, I was, like, trying to, like, be friends with these, like, cool kids, and, like, everybody has nicknames, like, and mean shit that they say in high school about other people, but, like, putting it in writing is where I really fucked up, and I got to school early the next day because I was, like, this is, like, shit's gonna hit the fan, and two of the girls that were in the group were already in the principal's office, and they were talking, they were gonna talk to the principal about me, and I just went in. I just lumped myself in with them, and our principal was a. idiot. And he was like, well, I need to look into this a little bit more. And I got called to the office like two hours after that. And since it was like based off of people in choir, I got kicked out of choir. I got kicked off of like um, being, I was like a student aid um, for the office. And I was also a freshman mentor. So I couldn't do any of that anymore because I was like bullying people. And then I had to go up in front of the whole choir no. and apologize no. to everybody.
0: That is the most horrific part of Dude, that entire it story. It was so
2: bad. Oh. Everybody was so fucking mad at me. And like, they were like, we don't
0: forgive you. That's my, and that is literally my nightmare yeah. is having to like stand and confront a group of people that I've talked shit about. It was so bad. Could you imagine? It's yeah. Like mean
1: girl.
2: So like, I was yeah. not, not, and the, here's it's the thing like I do want to say. I severely regret it, and I don't identify with that person anymore.
1: You were a yeah. You were a right. A I made sophomore. fun of people for eating disorders when I, I was know, thirteen. I know, but like,
2: I I know now like how hurtful and impactful that can be,
1: like because your frontal lobe is fully developed, right? And yeah, you, like you grew from that experience, and you right. feel like People don't you get know? empathy till they're like twenty six. Like
2: I, like, I just I, the reason why I felt empathy is because I was like, I'm gonna get in fucking trouble. My parents were so pissed at me. And we didn't talk about it after that. Like, my, my parents and I still don't talk about it because they were so ashamed of me. People's grandmas were calling. Their moms were calling. People were fucking crying. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the choir teacher really had it out for me after that. She was mean, but she was really, really mean mm, after yeah. that. And it, I mean, I felt bad about it. But the thing is, not, the whole school didn't find out about it. It was just mostly choir kids. Oh, okay. So, like, People really didn't hate so you weren't me. weren't on,
0: like, the morning announcements or anything? No. Like, just like, like her face people, like a mugshot. And then
1: people kind of just... Mean. Made a
0: list of mean <laughs> nicknames. She had to apologize.
2: <laughs> She's so mean. And then people kind of just forgot about it. When, like, a couple... It took, like, maybe a couple months. But, like, um, I remember that it was, like, the big thing with choir and, like, kind of the weird kids. And then some other kid like got in trouble because he smeared shit on the walls and everybody. <gasps> OK, forgot. that is arguably much worse than <laughs> yeah, what you did. Absolutely. That's he disgusting. Got yeah. That's but
0: disgusting. So.
2: I'm surprised you didn't get suspended. I am too. I think it's because my principal was a fucking idiot. He didn't <laughs> understand
0: what was going on. And he just <laughs> truly was, like, was like. So she like gave you nicknames? nickname. <laughs> yeah.
2: And but like they showed somebody had it printed off. Oh. <sighs> So it was printed off, oh. and it was in writing. Yeah, that was bad. That's bad. And funny enough, the girl who leaked the list was my ex's ex. Whistleblower. <gasps> yeah. I know.
0: Here's the thing. Choir gate. That is like not anything <laughs> different than like shit that I did. I said yeah. the meanest shit about people in school. One time, well, you just, didn't write it but down. But I didn't write it down. Exactly. One time, that's I do, the thing. That's too. what.
1: I forgot about this. I was so embarrassed. I wrote, so we had a Dropbox. Oh my God. This like looking on it, if I didn't get caught or in trouble for it, this would have been a genius plan. Um, <laughs> I was in a, and I am so sorry about this to the person that I did this to. Um, I made a very cruel Photoshop document with text as like an anonymous letter to one of my friends and who was also in my digital design class and i put it in the drop box
2: oh my God. is it like a s- dear sam
1: like it was, when you were at the club oh no was it was like three girls i don't like know God. why I, oh i found out well what happened is my boyfriend cheated on me with her and we were very good friends oh and she admitted it to me She was really weird. She would, like, get together with her friends, and they would do, like, truth or dare. It's almost like a lot of them were closeted gay, too. When I look back on it, they were, like, drama kids, so they would do, like, I think stuff that they would watch on, like, Pretty Little Liars and, like, drama, like, ABC Family Dramas, Mm -hmm. and they were doing this thing where they did, like, they were calling people and leaving voicemails as, like, confessions, and they were daring each other to do it, and I think one of the girls dared her to... Leave the voicemail that my... And they didn't physically do anything. And this boyfriend also cheated on me with a lot of other people. But they were talking about being together. And he told her that he loved her more than me. And that he should have been with her. And all this stuff. And we had... I'd already broken up with him. And I had already had a new boyfriend. And it was a couple months before this. But I felt so betrayed. It was the first time that something like that had ever happened to me. I was 15. And I, it ruined our friendship. We we ended up being friends again when we were, like, 21. Um, and then we had a very severe falling out when I was, like, 24. Um, like, we were very codependent and close for, like, later on in our early 20s. But this was the first time that we got into a super big fight. I thought we were, like, best friends. But, like, you wouldn't do that to your friend, right?
2: No. And, like,
1: mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't. I don't know. It's just, like, it was weird. And so I put it in the draw. i was so heartbroken and so betrayed so i put this in the drop box in, um our digital design class and it was like i said she had a muffin top because uh, <gasps> no. that's something that we used as an insult in 2011 yeah
0: that and that was a hurtful insult too yeah. i remember when somebody told me i had a muffin top I never recovered. But I
1: told her to stop wearing <laughs> short floral dresses because nobody wants to see that muffin top or something. It's, I remember exactly what don't it said. you talking
0: about me. Because my
1: principal <laughs> read it aloud to me.
2: Oh, did he know it was you?
1: Oh, yeah. Because my digital design teacher knocked on me. She knew it was me. Oh. Because probably, well, she probably could trace it back to like what computer it was dropped from. But also because I was the only one contact. who knew how to make like anything decent in Photoshop. Right, she's
0: probably like we have one person that's excelling. it was like a, it was we like who it is
1: like a really nice font and like there was like a color palette and everything. Just,
0: I like designed like a, a flyer of
1: insults like and, a desert-based color
0: palette. Yeah, I designed. <laughs> there just was like a cowboy boot there on There like really gradient blends on,
1: on the text. <laughs> it was like beveled and embossed and like. <laughs> It was like, the. it was honestly, and I, without a doubt, one of the meanest things that I've ever done in my life. I feel Um,
2: like, I feel like we all have had moments, like, especially in our childhood where we were just
1: like ruthless and, and, and mean. It was genuinely, I think the meanest thing I've ever done. Like this, I've never been that cruel or resentful or bullied. Like I never bullied anybody, but I was so hurt. Mm -hmm. by like because I loved her to death like me and Lincoln have talked about this like friendship a lot in passing and I'm just like I was like I think it that like I think it was like more than just like a platonic friendship and I think that there was like some sort of like romantic aspect that was underlying that we didn't want to talk about and I think it felt like kind of heartbreaking yeah like it felt like really weird like we were way too close and way too codependent through every phase of our friendship and her second falling out was our last one but this was the first one and i didn't talk to her for like years after that mm-hmm. and i felt guilty horrible if you're watching this which you honestly probably might be you might be you know exactly who you are because you would never forget if somebody said that to you i am so sorry mm-hmm. that was so fucking mean um i'm not that i went to therapy thank you <laughs>
0: that's what this podcast is about um, I mean like I know I've done some mean shit before. Nothing's coming to mind probably because I trauma blocked it because I don't want to admit to myself how terrible I used to be. Yeah. But I know I've I've said some mean shit about people before. And then, like I've I've definitely like told information about other people that they like told me in confidence. That mm-hmm. used to be a big issue with me. Because yeah. I was like, oh, you want to hear some shit? I don't know why they told me, but I, <laughs> I have all the info for you. And then, like, I would show up to, like, homeroom and they'd be like, what the fuck, dude? And I'd be like, I'm, hmm, I'm sorry. You yeah. just happened to sit next to me and tell me all your secrets. What was with that in school? Like, you would sit next to somebody and then suddenly, like, I knew about her grandma dying. I knew that, like, her sister got taken away. Like, I knew, like, a bunch of shit. I was like, I don't actually even know your middle name. We just met, like, two months ago. I think,
1: honestly, being a hairstylist taught me a lot about Mm anonymity. So, like, my clients tell me stories. It's, like, it's in confidence, but I will, like, share them with people, but only people who will never meet them or have no idea who they are.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm like, oh, my God, you won't believe, like, this crazy thing happened to one of my clients. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily, like, a bad thing or gossip thing, but, like, I definitely still... Like not like actively, but I'll like share stories to people, like about that I hear about people I don't know. I think that's a life thing. I yeah, think that's like a I think totally that's just like a shared experience thing. Yeah. But I'll like. No, I used to be like that too. But now, if somebody tells me like keep this between us, it stays between us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. like there's a couple people that I tell everything to, but I never share like, like crazy in depth secrets or anything like that mm-hmm. purposefully. Right i kind of i kind of like i had a couple people like really drive that into me that i was doing that too often because i wasn't intending to be malicious i was just like trying to share things yeah Mm -hmm. like be like oh my god and then like be like that wasn't something to share and i'm like oh sorry (laughs)
0: sorry my bad attitude
1: (laughs) he's really got at you i was just trying to be nice to you
0: so tell me about being an influencer of the world. Yeah, we did make a joke about it earlier, but like your Instagram following is just like legitimately is like, an influencer. Yeah, it's like pretty huge. Yeah.
2: So I'm not as connected to it now as I was like when I very first started it because but Tell me about your little journey. I feel so I started in COVID. Um I posted a boudoir shoot that I did and I just like kept I just didn't stop after that. Like I went from like Two thousand followers of like people that I knew to fifty k in maybe six months. It grew wildly. That's and impressive. Yeah. So if I wouldn't be an influencer, I wouldn't know you. If I wasn't yeah. an influencer, I wouldn't.
0: I met you through influencing.
2: Yeah. Um. And I kind I mostly did it like starting off as like doing like boudoir shoots and like pictures and like kind of like modeling. And I didn't really identify with that because like that's not who I am. Like I'm not – I wanted to like – if I had a platform, I wanted to use it for good. And that's kind of why I've like stopped doing it because I feel like kind of like an imposter with it. I'm from Eaton, Ohio. I'm just like this random girl on the internet who just like happened to blow up. And it is so surreal because I constantly have – an audience of like almost ninety thousand people just like watching me and looking at what I post and Yeah.
1: Well like, even carly got recognized. Yeah. And uh I think she has like twenty something thousand followers yeah. on Instagram. We were at Dank House and somebody's like, Oh I know you I follow you on Instagram. They were not from here. They were from like Cleveland. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: I mean imagine like standing on a stage and looking at that amount of people. Yeah. Like to put it That's in that perspective it is. is it's crazy. wild crazy.
1: And I never wanted followers, well, like, probably when I was younger and I was getting into music photography, yeah, mm-hmm. but, like, now, I know I have a podcast and everything, mm-hmm. but, like, to me, like, it's not me, like, mm-hmm. it's the podcast, like, I want the podcast to yeah. do I want my magazine to do well, I want my hair styling to do well, mm-hmm. right. me, personally, the only platforms that I post personal content on is snapchat and that's because only my snapchat friends can see it Mm -hmm. i don't even really post personal content on facebook or instagram yeah unless it's like a really cool photo of me no like i all i have is like i put my voice out there but this is not just me yeah it would drive me up the wall with anxiety if somebody was following my personal life to that extent of that many thousands of people yeah
2: it so, it did make me realize something, and, like, I think that this is very true of, like, starting your own business. Strangers are going to be your biggest support system.
0: Which is I, crazy. It's so
2: crazy. So, like, I have very close friends of mine who still, to this day, don't like any of my Instagram
1: posts. I don't like them either. And it's fine. I don't like anybody's if it makes you it's feel okay. better. I, no, I'm
2: but never it's okay. I'm never on like, that
1: app.
2: It's, I, well, and I don't care about that. It's just, like, people who are close to you will judge you before they support you. And when you're successful, they're going to judge you even more. And like, it's like they get people, mad about it. Yeah. People from my hometown, like when they saw that I, I was an influencer, they were like, what the fuck is this? And like mm-hmm. people would like talk shit about it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm getting paid to do this. Like yeah. I have opportunities that like I would have never had before. Why are you being so judgmental about Did it? Like ever- my best friends were like, not supportive of all, at all but I had people from like all over the world like right. messaging me and being like thank you for doing this like this is very inspiring mm-hmm. to see like a plus-size body being fashionable being like confident and stuff like that yeah S- to this day not a single person that I know well like from my hometown specifically mm-hmm. is supportive of that and right. like I started my own baking business and like I have close friends that are like supportive but I've gotten the most support out of like complete strangers yeah. and like People will always, and I think that like this kind of goes I back cupcakes to cupcakes like, from your ass. You did. I wasn't talking about you. Stop taking everything so personally. I wasn't talking wow, about not everything's advice. about you, Ricky. Yeah. Every this is my podcast. <laughs> but so something that I think goes back to like when we were talking about like the small town state of mind. When things are out of the norm, people are going to judge it. They're not going to be mm-hmm. accepting of it. My friends at home, they still some of them still live at home. They will always judge me for like putting my b- body on the internet, being vulnerable, like right. you know, doing Do you ever... things like this, and it's it's bullying. It's a form yeah. of bullying. Yeah. It's like adults are arguably meaner than oh, teenagers, yeah. but they're silent mm-hmm. about it, and that's mm-hmm. terrible.
1: Do you yeah. ever feel like a? No, I was literally interrupting you. Do you ever feel like? not that you should or not that I'm saying that you are. But so like, for instance, with me, sometimes I will post like almost like a vulnerable TikTok
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and hoping to relate and connect with other people that deal with the same thing I do. And I'm worried that and I tell myself it's embarrassing that if somebody I know were to see it and like, do you ever feel and it's not that you should, but do you ever feel like embarrassed when you post Content for an audience rather than just like something that you like or whatever. Like it's Mm -hmm. hard to explain, but yeah, no, I get it. Follow a trend or like make a video doing something or make a video talking about your experience, Mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh my god, someone within my friend group is gonna say, like, who fucking cares? Yeah, you know, do you ever like have that thought in your head? Because I have that all the time. When I make tick almost every single TikTok I make, like even if they blow up or anything, Mm -hmm. because I have had some like crazy TikToks, and some of them are just like funny. But like when I made my TikTok about my mannequin. Body. I put like a lot of. That's like my most viewed one. It has like o- over a hundred thousand views or something. Damn.
0: And it's like influencer. I
1: know influencer of the world, but I put like a lot of effort into that TikTok mm-hmm. over like months documenting it. And I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. Like my friends are gonna think this is so stupid that I'm putting myself online.
2: So I there are a couple different like ways that I've experienced that I've been very open about my mental health like mm. as an adult like my diagnoses how I deal with it especially after my car accident like everything that I've gone through with that like and I just feel like people are so judgmental and my sister um like one of the very first times that I posted about my um like depression and like my panic disorder she was like you have to take that down that's on the internet forever like what if a prospective em- like yeah, employer that's what sees that yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm just like who the fuck cares yeah like, this is who yeah. i am this is something that i deal with i'm trying mm-hmm. to be real we and were th-
1: supposed to have a friend on to talk about addiction and like mm-hmm. that was one of the arguments yeah is like you can't go online and talk about that yeah you know
2: but the thing is like you can though like there yeah. are so you are going to find more people on the internet randomly that you've never met and you probably will never meet who will understand and empathize and, and oh, yeah. understand your journey I eat more up than addiction content. anybody in mm-hmm. your life will
1: i watch so many podcasts and content like focused around addiction i follow so many mm-hmm. sober people who went through i did and he had the same thing hopefully we can still do that episode but like he was like he didn't get to do it and he was like um he's like man he's like if he's like even if i just like helped one person or it's like yeah. one person related to like what i went through like that was the whole goal because it was mm-hmm. like 10 years
0: of addiction right it's something like the I I was like also raised with the like be careful what you put on the internet. Like mm-hmm. it'll stop you from getting a job. It'll stop you from this and it won't for the record. It, yeah, like, it won't. It, it won't. Um, God forbid. I express who I am authentically. Well, yeah.
2: My also, CEO knows that I used to have an OnlyFans. Like yeah. let that be like and morgan's doing great for herself
1: (laughs) by the way she's doing amazing so lesson by example morgan's been completely unapologetic and authentic online and Mm -hmm. is doing amazing
0: i mean like and there was a time where like that kind of was the norm but that was before you could really make money online you know before like the 2015-16 era of like youtube and stuff popped up yep and like that makes sense but there's like this weird shame about like so, like, if you document people who are currently going through addiction or they're going through a mental health break, it's considered art, right? And you're considered brave for documenting mm-hmm. these people. But if they're going to come forward themselves, then it becomes, like, look what they're doing for attention. Yeah. And I don't know why the two are separated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I always thought that was really weird. Like, the, um, like the the voyeuristic looking on people struggling but if they express that they're struggling and that they maybe need help then it's like we're shaming them for what they're going through
2: people are always going to cast judgment on things that are foreign to them and Mm -hmm. don't make sense like if they can't make sense of it their first initial reaction is going to be to judge it Mm -hmm. and i think that that's what happens like people are like oh when they see like a video of somebody in active addiction they're you know Going to be like, oh, like that's scary. Or like Mm -hmm. people like laugh at her, like think that it's crazy. But when somebody asks for help or says that they're, you know, wanting to get help, it's, and I'm even like, like I'm responsible for doing that. Like Mm -hmm. people are going to cast judgment on them and be like, well, ew, like why are you publicly posting? This is your own journey. Like it's about accountability and and, in like situations like with addiction and even mental health, like people holding themselves accountable on the internet is not anything that anybody should judge like because it it works it's Mm -hmm. easier than like holding yourself accountable like in real life yeah if I have 80,000 people fucking holding me accountable Mm -hmm. for not being anxious Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot more impactful than me just telling Travis like hey I'm trying not to be anxious like can you help me with that (laughs) you know I swear and everybody has their own journey like I have people that I went to high school with that have either died of overdoses Mm -hmm. or have like you know they battled addiction and they're very open Mm -hmm. about it and like that's helped them get through it like everybody you know expresses really
1: so i've never talked about i've mentioned it Mm -hmm. that I've, i've mentioned it i think only on the podcast that i used to be an addict and i've never talked about it online i've never talked about it on tiktok And I've never talked about it on any other social media platform other than TikTok. I made one TikTok and it was that sober trend. Didn't even say what substance I was addicted to or anything. Mm -hmm. And it was that trend where it was one day sober and then it was like 400 something days sober. And posting, I ended up deleting it because I saw that video and I thought it was great. I still drink and people give me so much shit for saying that I'm sober when I still drink yeah and so i have to use the word like drug free mm-hmm. and i don't want to offend the sober community but i honestly you know what this is a message for the sober community Get y'all be gatekeeping sobriety and it's fucking it weird, weird. Get who cares? If it's weird yeah. it's your like, so i got shit for it's it your journey yeah. but i ended up deleting it because i was because it was like someone gave me shit they're like you're not sober you fucking take adderall and you drink and i was like well adderall's prescribed to me and i never had oh. an issue with drinking and so um i would binge drink but i was never an alcoholic but um That's fucking terrible. Yeah, people suck. So that's why I don't post about addiction online and I'm waiting for a time and place where I'm still, like I am a year and a half sober and I'm still waiting for like a time and place where I feel comfortable enough talking about it to Mm -hmm. where those comments won't bother me because those comments will come, especially because I'm a sober person Mm -hmm. that still drinks Mm -hmm. and I'm technically a drug-free person, Mm -hmm. but then people will give me shit about taking stimulants for my ADHD Because the substance that I was addicted to was an upper. And they're like, it's the same thing. It's It's not the same thing. Yeah. But they'll say that. And I will think about it. And I will take offense to it. Because I'm not in a place where I can talk about it. Mm. It's a very. I am definitely waiting. There will be like a podcast in the future. Like where we sit down and we talk about the whole thing. We've Mm. been talking about it since we started the podcast. I've been wanting to. But I definitely have to be in a place where I'm comfortable there is like one person that I want to do it with, who I went through the addiction with, mm-hmm. so it's definitely something I want to do, and that's how I want to do it. But one day it will mm-hmm. come because it is a very long and very crazy, and I think very helpful story. I've talked, yeah. I've told you the story yeah, before too. But
2: also, you're putting your yourself in a place of like severe vulnerability when yeah, you're I putting Yeah, I have to be ready out. for that vulnerability.
0: You do, and I mean, and I'm just not. Yeah, and that's fine. I
1: deleted a TikTok over somebody giving me shit like that. So. Right. And- oh,
0: I, like, the thing, I've always wanted to do things that pertain to putting myself online, and I'm so afraid of hate comments. Mm-hmm. One hate comment, I'll crumble. Like, do you have like, two? Morgan? We've like, had, so-
1: two, and we, like, still joke about them on the S- podcast.
2: <laughs> I've been very lucky. Like, I will say that I managed to like target a niche group of people that were very in tune to the plus size community are most of your followers women uh no they're mostly male they're mostly well i used to have like a 50 50 split now it's like 60 40 i'm surprised um yeah i so i want i want to change that because i do want to target that
1: more women would follow yeah Mm -hmm. um just because of the message that you send it's not because like there is boudoir stuff and then there's boudoir and plus size influencers that talk about being plus size and talk about confidence and talk about fashion Mm -hmm. and I always notice that those influencers tend to have more of a female audience
2: yeah that's what I want so when I initially blew up it was like very it came from a modeling place like people men were following me because like I'm pretty and like I was like I'm I was modeling you know Mm, I wasn't I didn't necessarily like dive into the plus size fashion niche until I reached like 50,000 followers. Yeah. And then I like really started to like cultivate my audience and like get into like my niche. But I've been very, very, very lucky to not have a lot of hate comments. I can like maybe count on both hands, the amount of hate comments I've ever gotten yeah. throughout my entire That's like Instagram incredible. journey. I mean, it's great. And I understand. That, it, that that's not the baseline for, mm-hmm. you know, being an influencer. You right. put yourself in a position of extreme vulnerability. People are going to have shit to say. People are
0: hateful. Yeah, too. they are.
2: Like I've had, you know, comments about um, like get on a fucking treadmill and like Ugh. stuff like that. But get I was also line. I was talking <laughs> um to I think it was I can't remember who it was, but pretty privilege even when you're fat is a thing.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm
2: women who aren't conventionally attractive and are and are big are they get a lot more hate comments. Yeah. Since mm-hmm. I would consider myself conventionally attractive and I'm big, mm-hmm. like I didn't get a lot of hate because people can call me fat but they can't call me ugly, mm. you know. Yeah. And get like that I think that that may have something to do with it, but also I re- I was so lucky and like I do want to th- you know, I, I'm i very, very grateful for like the experience that I've ha- I mm-hmm. have had. Like nobody really gave me hate. I, I got into an audience of people that were supportive and helpful and like loved plus size women. And like some of them were even creepy, but that even like, led me to an opportunity to like make money on OnlyFans right. and like stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, I mean, I was very lucky, so mm-hmm. I really haven't had any of like the bullshit hate comments, but I really don't let shit like that bother me. Mm-hmm. At first, I did.
0: Was it, like, jarring to get your first hate comment? Where yeah. Where you're like, what the fuck, man? Because I was
2: like, oh, my God, this person who I've never met in my life, mm-hmm. and who was just, like, a random stranger, was, is just, like, talking shit about me. Mm-hmm. And, like, the first hate comment I got was, like, bad. It was when I was dating my ex, um, and it was, like, about how white women always date black men and how we're pigs and like all this shit. What the fuck? It was heinous. And I was just like.
0: Out of pocket. Okay. My God. Yeah. Okay. And I was
2: like, oh, okay, like that's like fucked up. Mm-hmm. But I just really don't let it bother me because like at the end of the day, I care very deeply about what people in my circle think about me, what my friends think about me. Mm-hmm. I could give a fuck about what people on the internet right say anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Like I've been exposed to it for so long. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say every time I look at my stories and see who's looking at them, like I always look for like people that I care about. I don't give a fuck who else is looking right, at them, but yeah. like I will always care about what like if you would have made a shitty comment to me, like, I would have probably that cried have for, like, three days and three nights about it, you know? Like, yeah. Three days and three nights. people on the internet are mean and, like,
1: they're I used shitty. To, um, I used to give a really big fuck what people thought about me, like, even just a couple years ago. But I think, because um, I would have never had the confidence to do this podcast, like, three or four years ago. And I think what it is is I just got better friends um like you were sitting here being like you're cool i'm like and i'm like Uh, you know you were like you're cool like oh my god you're one of the coolest people i know and i like you know don't get like emotional about that because i'm like thank you i genuinely appreciate that comment but like my friends are super nice to me now like like my circle of trust of like all my redheads is very nice and very supporting of me and what i do yeah like um and, like, I'm I'm pretty casual about it. I don't show, like, a lot of affection, like, especially physically. I was just texting, like, and how much I appreciated her today. Mm-hmm. And then I followed that with, line. but that's all you fucking get. It, it was one line. And she <laughs> said, that's all you get. And I was like, thank you, But I also I, I also think when it comes in small doses, it's more meaningful. Like, I don't like to sit there and, like, gas up my mm-hmm. friends a lot. But I yeah. also, I love all my friends. There's no friendship depletion or anything. But also sit there and be like, you are so fucking stupid. But they know I don't mean it in a, like... I mean it in a way where, like, I'm not super serious, but, like, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. And I joke around with my friends, and I'm very straight with my friends, but I think that that shows you friendship security. But that's made me so much more confident. Oh, absolutely. Over time is just having friends that genuinely appreciate me, friends that I can be like, you're a stupid bitch to, and we're Mm -hmm. still friends Mm -hmm. because I'm so confident in our relationship and friendship. Me and Carolee go back and forth like sisters. We straight up fucking fight but we know that... Sometimes
0: you guys bicker and I'm like, mom and mom are fighting. I'm confused. <laughs> but I, well, I know and she
1: knows too, we're still friends right. even when we fight. I'll literally be like, "Carly, you are so fucking stupid. Stop mm-hmm. it. Because it's almost like when you have a sister... Mm-hmm. There's still, still love there. We're still love there. We'll fight but we don't let it impact our friendship and we have a great friendship but we definitely bicker. Mm-hmm. But it's not in an unhealthy way. We're not genuinely fighting. We don't hold resentment about it. And we dog on each other all the time. We were just out to eat. And I was like, dude, every time we fucking go out to eat, you order like 10 customizations to your food. <laughs> and I was like, and she looked at her friend to try and get like, because our friend, our friend Bella went out with us. And she's like, no, I didn't. I was like, you ordered extra blue cheese. Mm-hmm. And then she looked at Bella because Bella's a server. And she's like, do you think that that would be like an alteration? And Bella's like,
0: Yeah yeah <laughs> it, it and be.
1: like and and it's just stuff like that like i'm confident enough that i'm able and i'm confident and secure enough in my like valued relationships and friendships that i can make like comments like that to people and not take it to heart because i remember when i started hanging out with you you were like do you guys fucking hate me? And I'm like, no, that's just how we talk. We love yeah. you. <laughs> if we liked you, we would never talk to you like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, or like, if we didn't like you, because like, yeah. we're super, I'm always super nice and super friendly with people that I'm not secure in that friendship. Yeah. with. But if I'm like secure with you and I feel like we're good friends, I'm like, you're a stupid bitch. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's part of like having like adult
2: friendships because it's no longer the fake like niceties and like trying to gas each other up. Like mm-hmm. yeah. we're all doing real life together. I don't, I don't and really... we have to be real with each other about what's going on because I mean, that's what friendship is. Like yeah. you and Carly have one of the most picture perfect friendships because you're so real with one another. Yeah, about that's what I love, shit, love and you about call friendships. each other out. And that's what friendship is. Mm-hmm. If you can call people out on their shit and they're they're not going to be offended by it. And right. like, yeah. like you'll, they'll still be your friend at the end of the day. Like that's what adult friendship Those are is. The low
1: maintenance, no pressure friendships are the ones that i love i have that with lakin like i won't talk to lakin for like a week mm-hmm. i'd be like shit i missed you what's up and mm-hmm. we'll just like pick back. it's there's no like why didn't you talk to me for a week yeah. Right. you know those are the friendships that i like all my i talk about my circle of trust a lot but it's something that my therapist taught me mm-hmm. um she has me cate- she had me categorize my friendships Um, into groups instead of, like, ranked tier list of, like, who I'm close to. Mm -hmm. And that is mentally very beneficial, and I think that's more how life works. There's no, like, MySpace top eight in real life, and there's no such thing as friendship depletion. I just got lunch with one of my friends a couple weeks ago that I hadn't seen in a year. And we talked just like we were best friends again, and that's just how our friendship is. like. right. We, we just, we haven't been able to see each other. And I told her, I was like, you know, you're still one of my really good friends. She's like, I know, I don't have to worry about that with you. Yeah. And that's such a good sense of security. And that makes me so confident in the opinions of others because in my circle of trust like I only give a fuck what those people think about me and having Mm -hmm. those physical images of circles in my life because I have like my close friends my circle of trust like the people I really give a fuck about Mm -hmm. and like the people who are genuine and then I have the casual circle of trust the people I don't talk to like every day and the people I don't do projects with or see all the time but I still give a fuck what they think about me Mm -hmm. like you're in that circle Mm -hmm. like these are good real friends Mm -hmm. and then I have like other scattered brain circles everywhere but Mm -hmm. knowing like that I like have those makes me so much more confident in my relationships and stuff yeah. and the opinions of others. And it helps me be more vulnerable in myself. But, um, I was a big rant about relationships. So that's yeah. kind of what this podcast is. I Morgan,
0: think- do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? We're at the hour mark already.
2: Are we really? Yeah.
1: We can keep going too.
2: Um, I don't really have any, I mean, I think that I want to end with like an apology to not only like the people that I hurt from like my past actions mm-hmm. but also like the hurt that I caused to myself and mm-hmm. like you know and that may have caused me to like be mean to other people and you know kind of like internalized mm-hmm. a lot of hate onto myself and I think that that's like part of being a former mean girl is like yeah. I didn't like those people, but I didn't like myself way more. Yeah, you know. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. It's definitely a projection of how we're feeling about ourselves yeah. at the time.
2: That's growth. That
0: look at us. <laughs> I do you think it. you grew.
2: I realized that those actions were not only hurtful, but I realized that it was more of a reflection of myself than it was of like those people.
1: How was it a realization though? Like, is there something that happened to you that helped you grow out of like you know almost like being a bully
2: um I think like my battle with like my mental health yeah is what really made me grow like like suffering kind of yeah moving like away for college getting diagnosed with like um severe depression and like panic disorder and I got diagnosed with ADHD in college as well and then like general anxiety disorder like realizing that most of my life these actions have been caused by my brain being like, You're stressed out, let's go into fight or flight. You're sad. Like let's either like go crazy or just like stay in bed for, you know, three weeks. It's I realized like through my own struggle with myself and like kind of like reflecting that a lot of the shit that I've done is because of my my mental state. And like I grew because of it because I realized I need to work on myself. Like Before anything else like I can deflect all of my problems on other people as much as I want. but That's not going to cause any growth for me. That's not going to make me a better person, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, just like really working through my mental health issues like gave me the peace that I needed and like the growth that I needed. Also, I got in a car accident that like really fucked my brain up and that made me grow. Like, I've heard a lot. that
0: like a bad car accident will turn people 180. It did. For I'm, better are or are you for worse. talking about
1: your TBI? Yeah. I don't think we've been over that. I would love.
0: I'm a completely. Okay. Yeah. I'm a completely
1: I would love for you to talk person. about that because I think it's really interesting. Yeah.
2: So I was in a severe car accident like, five years ago um, in September and um. I won't get into the story. I guess I'll just, like, talk about, like, the after effects we can of it. always have you
0: back for, like, the full story. Yeah. yeah. I, would
2: love, I would love to tell it. I'm, like, yeah. very open about it. But um, I got a severe brain injury. So my frontal and my temporal lobe were both, like, very badly affected by it. Um, and I was fine for, like, a month. And then I started having, like, anywhere between, like, 10 and 30 panic attacks a day. That's when, like, my health-related anxiety came in to play. What is it like um, to have 30
1: panic attacks a day?
2: It's exhausting. I didn't go to work. I quit my job.
1: So would you just rapid cycle, like, every, like, half hour um, panic It would
2: be, like, consecutively. It would be probably, like, six or seven hours of just, like, panic attacks. And I would, like, like sometimes go to the ER for it because I was, like, yeah. so scared. Mm-hmm. And I lived by myself at the time. Mm. Um, And i was lashing out at people um i i was so all over the place like i remember yelling at my mom for sneezing one time because i was just like so triggered by it my mom thought i was possessed Mm -hmm. um and like i i couldn't be alone i was i had an apartment in like short north i was staying at my friend's houses because i couldn't be alone i was so scared to be alone like It was was terrifying. Were scared
1: because of your anxiety? Yeah,
2: I was afraid I was going to die. And I was also battling a pretty severe eating disorder at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like I went to a neurologist and they were like, you're going to have to relearn who you are. I, so before that, I was like, I was like a party girl. I drank Mm -hmm. every night. I did a lot of drugs, like, and I was afraid to... Like, this is going to sound crazy. I was afraid to eat shrimp because I was afraid I was going to randomly have an allergic reaction to it.
0: I've definitely heard that from, yeah. like, uh, medical anxiety people before. Yeah.
2: So, and, and it got to the point where I wouldn't eat because I was afraid I was going to choke and die. Um, I... It's
1: just, like, every... What could pos- How could this possibly yeah. kill me every time you did anything? Exactly.
2: And it was it was terrifying. And I... I like have mourned that, that was person. After the car accident. Yeah.
1: Do do you have trauma from the car accident because you had a head injury and I did d- that make you like, like get a like kind of like have an existential, like a little look bit at life like th- did that give you like a sense of mortality that you could have passed did. away and that's
2: yeah absolutely it and I think that when you have like an existential moment like that it can go like one one of two ways it can either like make you like live your life and be like oh like. I I almost died. It's like, it's like either I don't give a fuck or now I give a fuck about. I gave, I started to give a fuck about everything. I stopped smoking weed. I stopped drinking. I was terrified because I was like, I was going to Starbucks and I almost fucking died. Mm. What, you know, Mm -hmm. what else could happen? You know? And, um, I basically just had to like relearn who I was. I was, I am like a completely different person than I used to be. And it's scary because like, All of my friends basically, even now, like I've lost friends who were like there for me through it. Like they've had to relearn who I was. And I had my best like childhood friend. He basically like ended our friendship because like we had a conversation. He was like, it breaks my heart to see you like this. I've known you my whole life and I can't see you.
1: Was it for the worst? Do you think? Because it sounds like you came out of it.
2: I did yeah so, I
1: mean I know a brain injury will change you yeah it did what, what and part I, of your brain was injured
2: my frontal and my temporal lobe so like
1: you, the front part. okay so and yeah my, your personality so here
2: yeah yeah um like my personality the way that my body like reacts to things the way that my brain reacts to things so that's why I was going into like panic attacks because uh, my body and my brain thought that I had to go into fight or flight like yeah. constantly and um yeah So I just had to relearn myself and I mean I still struggle with it now like you've you've witnessed me going through like pretty bad like anxious periods where I can't even drive out here you know because driving gives me really bad anxiety and yeah I bet it does yeah and like I go through phases where like I'm fine and then like I'm not but it's I ride a very thin line of like being okay and being not okay Mm -hmm. like most of the time but Mm -hmm. it's tough and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy but it did give me a lot of perspective on life and like um just like who I was like as a person and like how my mental health like affected me and those around me
1: so after your brain injury is when you started to get like mental health help Did you like dabble in it all before, like you were just like partying?
2: Well, I had a suicide attempt when I was in college. So, like mental health, you didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Spoiler. And I, so like I had always dealt with my mental health, but I also come from a family of people that like. Don't believe that it's a thing they do now like when they saw me like struggle with my brain injury having but like
1: a, yeah having a physical condition kind of validates that which sucks. it's fucked but Being like sorry i have a head injury yeah like, but it, it kind of sucks because it like that that's what has to be that finally yeah. validates it
2: well and that made me like know that i had to get better like i was like i need to go like i did like cognitive behavioral therapy i did like i i went through maybe like 10 different therapists and like a bunch of different medication and like it's still like I'm still healing but I'm like better um because of it now and like that put a lot of perspective on like my mental health because it it like basically like set in stone like you're fucked up in the head you Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. you need to get you know like before
0: it gets out of control Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: well because it was to the point where I went to the ER maybe five times in six months mm-hmm. and I had never been to the ER before in my life Right, because I thought I was dying mm-hmm. all the time. I didn't sleep by myself. I was using this guy that I didn't really like just so I would have somebody with me like mm-hmm. in my bed at night. Right. And it, yeah, it just really put a lot of things into, into, into perspective.
0: Honestly, like, it's incredible, though, that, like, you used it to become a better version of yourself. Like, you yeah. could have easily played the card of, like, I'm fucked up because of my accident. Like, right. do this for me. Feel sorry for me. Yeah. But it's, like, really awesome that, like, you were like, mm, fuck that. Thank I'm you. gonna I'm going to fix it. We're going to work with it. We're going to manage yeah. it, you know. How well,
1: different do you feel from your former self? Do you feel the difference or do you only feel the difference when people bring it up? No,
2: I, it's night and day. Like, I have people that I was friends with in college who when they see me now they're like you are so like grown up like i i'm i do not identify with like my past self whatsoever i was like i wouldn't say i was a bad person
1: it's like you got a hard reset but
2: i did <laughs> yeah it was fucking terrifying too a brain but like injury and like just yeah. was born again yeah literally and like i was talking to travis about it and and I, I was like you wouldn't we wouldn't be together if i wouldn't have gotten in the car accident him and i would not be together what do you
1: think your life would be like
2: um I don't think that I would be living in Ohio um I think that I would be in New York City so I just be
1: living like this crazy bachelorette party girl club yeah style? I, living think living that I think that that's I think
2: that that's the life that I would be living like I was so hell-bent on not settling down and like traveling and like and like doing all of this stuff and being big and extravagant and I still have that side of me yeah. but I am in a
1: healthy happy I like you relationship. I feel like this is a more beneficial one. Yeah. I know that like, people glamorize like girl bossing and like right. being single and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, domestic life is pretty fucking it, cool. And so I good. guess what it's so good. I'm not overdosing on drugs, which yeah. is also really fucking cool. Right. So I
2: was I was literally talking to Travis about this last night. I was like, I am so comfortable It's kind of like scary to me because like I get bored, but then I realize like it's not boredom. It's I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend and I don't ever fight. Mm -hmm. We have no drama. We have two lovely dogs who are fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, You're just happy. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. I have a secure job. Like my relationship with my parents is great like I am just it's normal and well, you like, know that
1: gives you room to thrive in other things it
2: does in hobbies exactly I just when... started crocheting today shout out to oh, me for like branching yeah. out on. I feel like people always
1: ask me they're like how do you do so much like why do you wear so many hats and I'm like because I don't have any bullshit in my life and I don't exactly. do drugs anymore when I was with you have so much more time when you yeah. stop doing drugs it's awesome and
2: also when you have <laughs> I thought when you have healthy relationships in your life oh, yeah, it also that you don't cuts have to out spend all that time. Yeah, on. Mm-hmm. like I came from a very very unhealthy relationship that consumed so much of my time and energy and now I don't have to worry about if Travis is not talking back in 3 minutes if he's going out and fucking other girls. He's mm-hmm. probably just at work and I can crochet and cuddle with my dogs and I started playing guitar like mm-hmm. I feel normal. So like to your point eliminating the bullshit yeah. like and just being normal and boring like it opens up your life to so many more opportunities to like do different things have a fucking bakery business you know like it's I I feel so content in like normalcy and like boredom and that that's good
1: that like before
2: my car accident out of
1: people and I it's so good
2: yeah like before my car accident I would not have been like okay with that it was terrifying to me to get married you like i
1: need to live my life and do cocaine and right. New York city literally only vans and blah 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 and it's like yeah it's like yeah if you love that life that is amazing for you but like domestic life once you like if you really find i feel like people are afraid of settling down because they do it with the wrong people if you settle down with like the right person and you like get a job you really like yep. and you're like chilled out and you're in a safe secure environment God! then then you start a podcast and and talk about it it's awesome life is just good
2: like I the most I get stressed out is when Bodhi eats shit that he's not supposed to yeah and like being domesticated are you Mm -hmm. oh yeah long-term relationship yeah
0: I just don't have like a lot to say about it because I feel slightly differently than you guys do but not in like an argumentative way I just I don't I like being domesticated Tell me. to my one person. I don't like being domesticated to a certain place.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you guys oh, are going to yeah. do all that. You, know what you guys are going like, to do cocaine in New York City
0: together. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean,
2: I feel like being domesticated can look different mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It can yeah. be having a house and kids and dogs, or it can be being, like, I have a friend who is in a relationship. He lives in... Um, what the fuck? Why did my mind just go? He lives in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And he's fine as long as he's with his girlfriend. Right. He's happy. Mm-hmm. He's like, and I feel like domestication can look different for yeah. different people. Well,
1: how do you yeah. feel about being domesticated?
0: Oh, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be with anybody else. Like Cody's my best friend in the entire world, you know? And like, so cute. even like our, our biggest problems are considered blessings in other relationships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. the really like, we're pretty bad with money. And yeah. like he's a Capricorn, I'm a Gemini, so we have to figure out how to communicate sometimes. Right, but like, I mean, yeah, I, I like, I couldn't imagine being with anyone else. I also am just like a serial monogamous mm. person anyway. So yeah, like I've always been somebody to jump from like relationship to relationship, and the thing is like if I'm not going to be in a relationship I'm going to be alone I don't like to date around I don't really love people that much (laughs) Um, same but no I love like my current partner he's great he's like I couldn't imagine like growing old with anyone else like if I picture like the end of my life like we're sitting in wheelchairs like just laughing like that's really about it
1: that's so fucking sweet Cody's going to be like stop embarrassing me (laughs) I He's don't think well how do you feel differently
0: into- about it? Well, I guess I was just like more so along the lines of like being in a centered like area. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And like having a house and like buying land, like that yeah. type oh, of yeah. thing. Well, like yeah. that that part is the part where I'm you don't like, have to oh, have a house to be domesticated. We right. might like yeah. emotionally. Yeah. yeah.
2: Your yeah. roots are are in the person, not
1: mm-hmm. in a place. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. Nice. Okay, now
1: final thoughts. Mm.
0: This was wonderful. This yeah. was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming. I would love
2: to come back on and yeah. t- and talk to you guys. Please. Yeah. We can Please. talk about.
0: You're welcome to like suicide or something. Yeah, something light. Suicide. Yeah. <laughs> I actually <laughs> don't was
1: talking about the 22 caliber killers at work the other day in the salon full of people, and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I don't think
2: I. <laughs> I can't believe I've never told you my, like, suicide story. No. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. Yeah.
0: We'd yeah. love get to have you it. back. Well, thanks for listening, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening. Morgan, where can they find you if you want the people to find you?
2: Um, My Instagram is lifeofmorgs, double underscore, and that that's my TikTok as well. Perfect. But if you know me in real life, you can follow me at Dyer mm. On all That's the where I follow
0: her, because mm-hmm. I'm special. That's mm-hmm. where I post the real shit. The real yeah, shit. Yeah, you can
1: find... um me at ricky mccanna mm-hmm. at mainstream media at beauty by ricky at mean podcast <laughs> what's yours like, and b photography now yeah just like i and think lincoln like, settled on that like, and changed her instagram handle um four so times in the past times. year and i know exactly how many times it is because i have to change the bio of the mean girl <laughs> podcast every time every time i just
0: i have a hard time settling because i'm convinced i'm gonna build a brand but then i hate every name i, come I tried up with. changing mine but then i didn't want to risk losing my name
1: so
2: yeah i changed mine i went from morgue dyer to life of morgues and
0: i like that a lot life of morgues is mm-hmm. just kind of stuck feels very storybook yeah mm-hmm.
1: well Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for and, having me. This was so much fun. And yeah. And give us a
0: give us a follow on Instagram or yeah, follow whatever us, into the like, subscribe, rate, say good. nice things.
1: I was <laughs> gonna say something about the cables that run under the sea in which we can communicate. Thanks for listening to those. Did you know internet runs under the ocean?
0: That there's wow. that is another podcast for another day. The, okay. okay. Have a good day. <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>